Welcome to the Vox Pop, a podcast of Missio Day Church. We believe everyone has a story worth telling, and this podcast gives voice to those stories. I'm Brian. And I'm Peter. We are your hosts. Welcome to the Vox Pop. Hey, y'all, we're back. This is season two of the Vox Pop. So what'd y'all do this weekend? Uh, I had an adventurous weekend. Started on Friday when I got a text from Ryan Krishnan asking me if I could take him pick him up from the urgent care where he had cut his foot with a chainsaw. Oh my gosh. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Don't worry, listeners. He's. But Did he need stitches? Oh yeah. but <clears throat> Internal had, stitches had, too, right? Yes. He had driven himself to the urgent care. They told him to go somewhere else. Yeah. And so he wasn't sure about driving himself. So I picked him up, took him to a different place and waited for a long time. He owes me big. Um, but no, they, they Noted. stitched his, uh, he had like tore it, like cut a tendon, Oh, this internal stitch. And then on that. Yeah. Was he, Mm-mm. was he here on Sunday? I yeah. feel like he I saw him. Music. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah he he seems unfazed. He had a boot on. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't, he, it's not like he was in danger of losing a toe, but it was still yeah. pretty, pretty gruesome. Mm. So yeah, did that Friday. And then, uh, Saturday we had a little going away party for, uh, some neighbors, two mm-hmm. of my Close neighbors are moving at the, around the same time, so mm. both have sold their houses. So we did a little goodbye thing. End of an era. I know yeah. you all have really good yeah, relationships you. with your neighbors. Yeah, we. It's been a lot of fun, but yeah, you know these things happen. So yeah, one of them I'm r- glad to get rid of. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let them figure out who. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so you may notice a different voice be- besides Peter's, and uh, Hannah Manning is joining us. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you. Good to be here. How was your weekend? My child had his first sleepover. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's pretty, it was awesome. <laughs> so someone else's house or yeah. at your house? No, someone else's house. Oh man. Yeah. So this is Theo, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which friend? The McInnes's. Oh, excellent. Lindsay David, yeah. yeah. His like second family. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what we did. Did he come back rested? Uh, No. He no. did not. As with all childhood sleepovers. <laughs> well, he is a big, he sleeps in late. Yeah. Like he can sleep till 8.30 or 9. Yeah. And the McKinnis kids get up at like 6.30 or 7. So. Yeah. It's a big time difference. Yeah. That was always me. And this is like a classic mm-hmm. kid sleepover thing that you wake up like a solid two hours before everyone else. And you're just mm. like lying there like. At their house. What do I do? <laughs> you're like <laughs> blinking your eyes like. It's a rite of passage. It is a rite of passage. Yeah. Very awkward. Oh, yeah. It felt awkward. Yeah. yeah. But then you had those parent like those houses that you went to, and you were like, I'm going to get up and go hang out with their parents. I don't know if you ever had yeah, those. Yeah, but yeah, a little bit. Sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe that was just me who didn't care. Yeah. All right. What nice. about you, Peter? Uh, my sister, Caroline, mm-hmm. is a college student at Michigan State. And she got word that they're going fully virtual. So she's been in town for 10 days. She's flying back as we speak. And she uh, is trying to figure out where she's going to live. So we've been talking about, can she live with us? Yeah. That but sounds good. Yeah, it was really good having her. She's she's in my top four siblings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Hannah is not only our guest on today's episode, uh, but she is going to become a regular co-host as well. So get used to hearing a lot of her voice over the next uh, season. 
How how are you feeling about being a podcast co-host, Hannah? I feel good. I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, Peter is already very excited about it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you should see the look on his face right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So jazzed. My face looks like the excited emoji. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Is that the one with the teeth going like this? Like a, you don't even know which one it is. <laughs> you know, it's like a rectangle of teeth. Like ee. oh no, I think that <laughs> that's the excited one, right? Oh, it is. I don't know. I thought I've that been was using the one. that one all wrong, like the <laughs> cringy one. No, that's, that's the rec- you, you got it right. <laughs> oh, cringy. Okay, so good. Peter has the cringy voice. <laughs> Well, voice. that might not be accurate. <laughs> not the, the cringy voice, the cringy face. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited to have you. I think yeah. it would be great to have a female perspective. Mm. And yeah, we're going to hear a lot of good stories. Okay, but today is all about Hannah. We want to hear more about her story. So mm. how long mm. have you been a part of Missio? And how did you come to Asheville? Yeah. Um, we moved here, I think, in 2017. And we had about 12 churches from people recommendations and I was like nope (laughs) so I told Mark we could try out five and we really liked Missio really liked the preaching and then there was another church that was also a contender and at the end of the day felt like Missio was it so that's how we ended up here really exciting story Um, and we ended up in Asheville Mark and I used to live in New Hampshire Mark Mm -hmm. is my husband and we did an outdoor ministry with crew called Lifelines. And so we moved to New Hampshire knowing that we wanted to come back to the south and start Lifelines. Moved up there, spent two years training and getting all sorts of certificates that I don't use at all anymore. And so it was between here and Chattanooga for Lifelines to plant. They chose Asheville. So we moved here, and then shortly after we moved here, we stopped working for Lifelines. <laughs> and Brian was a huge part of that conversation, which is Uh-oh. funny. I mean, yeah. you met with Mark. I did. And no, I remember that him. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Had no idea yeah. what the where, future held where for. Where we would be. I know. In X amount of years. Yeah. Yeah. Three. <laughs> Look how rich your life is now. Mm-hmm. So y'all were in New Hampshire for two years. <laughs> yep. But that's not home. No. Where would y'all describe home? Where would we describe home, Peter? <laughs> well, growing up, what would you describe as your... Uh, oh, I grew up in t- Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess I would describe that as home. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's literally where you grew up. <laughs> what was your family like? I have two sisters. I am the youngest. I have one. My sister is seven years older than me, and the other one is two years older than me. Um, two parents. And grew up, actually, I grew up in a Catholic school. Okay. Yeah. Was your family Catholic as um, well? Sure. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, we'll my dad was on the fence. My mom was real into it. But I think a lot of it was influenced from my grandmother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really got, I mean, I got along with my whole family. I was kind of like, you know, the <laughs> the jokester. Yeah. I, no there's, way. <laughs> there's not, I mean, the question of like, what were you like when you were younger? This is it. Yeah. Uh, Same person. Yep. Pretty much. Just a little bit more matured. A little bit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not not much. (laughs) Are you still close with your family? Yeah. I'm really close with both my sisters. We talk a good amount. They both had babies within the last year. So that's been fun. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been different because, you know, I'm the youngest and I was done having kids before they even started. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, it, it took him a while to realize, like, oh, she does know what she's talking about. Like, 
Um, and I'm close to my mom and dad. They're divorced now, but yeah. Yeah. So many of our listeners know your husband, Mark, who has led music for us over the years as well. Um, tell us a little bit about how you guys met. And I think it was in college, right? Spring break. Oh, heck yeah. Yep. We both attended a thriving college ministry in Auburn, Alabama, and we did a spring break. And we met there, and of course, I thought he was, like, so cute. Dreamboat. Don't we all? Dreamboat. He forgot my name, so that was good. (laughs) Really showed some points. (laughs) But he was so good looking, it didn't even matter. Yeah, it really didn't. And then a girl there was like, hey, he knows he's good looking, so you should not, like, give him the time of day. And I didn't, like... So, yeah, I I just did not talk to him. And then we ended up together somewhere, I don't remember. And we started talking and formed a friendship, which eventually led to a relationship. And an interesting fact is at a lot of southern schools that have big football, you you go as a date to the football game. Yeah. And you, like, dress up. Y'all ever heard of this? No. no. Yeah, okay. It's because you're from Florida. Because <laughs> I went to UNCA, which yeah. is, like, Sports team, sports ball. Yeah, Yeah. so we went to Auburn University, which, you know, big, big sports school. Oh, yeah. War Eagle. (laughs) Thank you. So proud of you guys. My my in-laws went there. Yeah. My wife went there. Yeah. They're not the Eagles for our listeners. They're the Tigers. It's very confusing. So confusing. Is it, though? Yeah, it makes no sense. As is the Crimson Tide, but they have the... Elephant. I don't. Yep. I do not understand. And they say roll tide, but no roll one tide. ever gives them a hard time about it. It's yeah, always but, war eagle gets. But a hard war time. tide, crimson tide. That makes more sense than okay. war eagle tigers. All right. Yeah. But I like Auburn better. <laughs> yes. So anyway, yeah, we started dating through us going to football games together, which is a fun fact for a lot of people who don't know about that culture. Because mm-hmm. and you both love sports so much. <laughs> so much. I do. We do really like football. I like football, Mark. Mm. I don't know. He dislikes you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> now, what what year in college were you in when you guys met? Uh, junior. Okay. Junior year. Yep. So dated all through senior year. Mark took a semester off and did played in the outdoors for a while, and then we got married in April of 2011. What about Mark? Made you want to marry him? Oh, man. Besides what? his looks, of yeah, course. Yeah, obviously. We, Dreamboat. He's steady. Yeah. I would say that is Mark's best quality, and I am not. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much of a blip on the map with Mark, mm-hmm. and I that is attractive to me in someone who is not steady, and he loved Jesus a whole lot. I mean, you know, in youth, if you will, you hear yeah. like, run to Jesus, and if you look Besides you and someone else is running with you, go after, or not go after that person, but, mm. and that's how I felt. Like, most guys, I was like, y'all don't, mm but Mark, I was like, you seem really, like, you love the Lord and you mean it. So, yeah, and he was really fun. S- some would say he's a seven. I'm not sure, but. Um, that's Enneagram language. Yeah, sorry. And you are a seven-ish. Mm. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Um. So, yeah, I love that about him. I loved his steadiness. Still is very, very steady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What number do you think he really is? A nine. Mm. Yeah. Can but you he, decode that for maybe some of our less Enneagram fluent listeners? Yeah. So, seven, their core motivation is fun. 
Um, I mean, you can speak into this too. You're seven, Peter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just to have fun, adventure, kind of hands and everything. Yeah. You think that's good? Yeah. Well, I don't, it is not about me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to feel like I'm doing justice to our number. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think definitely desire for fun or yeah. or pleasure Adventure. or joy or new experience yeah. is really like the thing that's driving sevens. Right. Um, but I think one misconception, and maybe you can echo this, yeah. is that it's not all unicorns and rainbows all the time like there is oh yeah I was in, in trying to run away from yeah, from yeah. grief and pain mm-hmm. you end up feeling you get a caught lot in of it. it yeah yeah <laughs> and trying to avoid a lot you yeah. end up like like brer rabbit oh, and yeah. the tar baby kind of thing like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so mark he also is like i don't know i guess the nine is a people pleaser which that it can be a negative i don't mean that negative and yeah very considerate of others he this this is also going to sound negative but i don't mean a negative but he has lots of projects going at one time yeah, yeah. so not we don't have many finished projects yeah i love you mark i do <laughs> but <laughs> wouldn't so, you say to core motivation of a nine it's like peace and comfort. yeah peace yeah so pretty agreeable Maybe steady. Yeah, steady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I but just rock the boat. Mm-hmm, mm, 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 don't do that. Yeah. What's the core motivation of an eight? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> to be right, I don't know. <laughs> Hannah and I have Justice. this ongoing debate whether she's a seven or an eight. Only time will tell. Yeah, sure will. Spoiler alert: I'm a zero. <laughs> How does Mark steer you towards Christlikeness today? I mean, I think that steadiness, you know, of especially right now and craziness. We've had a crazy couple months with daycare shutting down and job unknown and me working from home. And but I mean, I can look at Mark and know like, okay, (laughs) it's going to be okay. And I think something that maybe is lost a little bit in our generation and this might not be true is I'm going to do whatever it takes to take care of this family. Like I feel like I look around and don't see that as much anymore. Just, and I feel like Mark is like, I don't care what I have to do. Like at one point he was working three jobs, you know? Hmm. So yeah, I think that steadiness and a desire to push me into hard things like that seven is like, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to face that emotion. And I feel like he is very good at being a safe spot yeah, and yeah. really a really soft spot to land. Yeah, and letting me kind of like flame out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of the flame, I realize like, oh, okay, <laughs> there's grace there, yeah. and this person isn't all crazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not per- whatever or situation. Maybe they are, and it's okay. That's yeah. right. Because I'm crazy too. In being friends with y'all, I yeah. think it speaks to the wisdom of God that mm. you would put y'all together yeah and i think in so many marriages but in yours particularly <laughs> like y'all balance each other and oh, like yeah. you need mm-hmm. you need the other a lot oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i yeah i hope our kids see that too yeah they will you know, they will like. yeah it's it's it, it is interesting you know doing as many weddings and pre-marriage <laughs> counseling as i've done in this church how many couples are mm. opposites in that in a lot of those ways and the Lord has that way of balancing folks mm-hmm. out. It's pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Also really challenging oh, at yeah. times. <laughs> totally. Uh, but, yeah, but in the end, it's it's good for mm-hmm. complementarianism 
in the in the sense of you know match made and then also sanctification. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, Hannah, you mentioned earlier that you grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about when Jesus, you sure. know, really became central to your story. Yeah. We talk about this a lot, but mine was not the light switches on. I met one of my good friends still to this day. He lived on my street, and then another guy lived on my street too, and they were both boys. And we hung out a lot, and this one male named Clifford, he just had a way about him. like, And I was pretty rough. I mean, like not in the sense of I was wild, but just rough, like... I didn't have a lot of rules growing up. Like, and my, my parents were pretty, I don't know, just weren't disciplinary. And that's not a knock on them. They just weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and Clifford had a steady, I think I've always been attracted to steadiness, just steady joy, I would say. And I would say, like, pre-Jesus, post-Jesus, I was very angry. Mm. Um, and I don't really know why. <laughs> I just was. Um and there's just not that about Clifford. And so we did life together, and eventually he invited me to Young Life, actually. He never, like, I literally cannot remember a time of him saying Jesus. I mm. mean, I'm sure he did, but um, it, it never felt like, I'm, I, I'm friends with you because I want you to know the Lord. Um, so I went to Young Life and heard about a really different Jesus than I did at the Catholic Church. Mm. Um and was very, very attracted to that and just got really involved with Young Life and eventually, yeah, came to know the Lord through that. I mean, I don't have a date or a time or a place or anything. Yeah. I just think it was... That uh, was high school? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I uh, And I ended up, I went to Catholic school kindergarten through ninth grade and my ni- in between my ninth and tenth grade year, I was like, I'm not going back there. My mom was like, yeah, you are. And I was like, Mm-mm, not doing it, mom. And so we fought all summer and my dad was on my side, but you know, he had to play it. Mm. He had to be smart about it. And so, uh, finally my mom, I was like, well, you can get arrested because I'm not going to school. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really care. And so it was the day, I think the day before the public school started, my mom was like, fine. And I had to find my own ride. They would not Uh. take me. Yeah, it was hard to like register or just to school and anything, anything to do with that school was mine. Good luck out there. (laughs) I got. Yeah. So, yeah, you could have played the like, I'm trying to save you money angle. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Just Mm -mm. I mean, my dad would have taken me, but he went to work at five. So it's a little early. (laughs) So, yeah, that was was interesting. That sounds like a very transformational period in your life. What what were some other transformational moments? Man, I have a lot. Uh, In high school, between my sophomore and junior year, my mom um, got diagnosed. She's an alcoholic, and Mm -hmm. that kind of all came to the light. Um, We did an an intervention, like, I mean, like you you see on TV, like my whole family was there, and we all had to say things that, hey, if you continue to drink, this is what's going to happen, and... We had to be coached in that, which is <laughs> such a weird, I mean, it's not funny at all, mm. but it was a very weird experience, you know, like to go to someone's house and for them to tell you as like a young, I mean, a kid sure. still, a 16 year old, hey, you have to tell your mom, like if she continues to drink, you're going to X, Y, and Z and you got to mean it. And as a 16 year old, like, 
there's nothing that you really Yeah, need. right. Yeah. So then, yeah, we all went up and did it the day after 4th of July, which is 4th of July is an interesting holiday nowadays. Mm. I had an intervention with her. She agreed to go to rehab, and she was in rehab for five five months, five or six, which wow. is a very long time. Like residential? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so she was gone in Atlanta. So um, that was interesting. I mean, that shaped a whole lot of my life. Um, we lied <laughs> to a lot of people because my mm. dad just did not, Yeah, you know, it was embarrassing for him. Um, but eventually... What was the cover story? <laughs> My sister lived in Atlanta. So uh, she was, in, but I mean, people knew like, yeah. you know, I mean, sure. my dad all of a sudden is doing everything and my yeah. dad had never been involved with us. Like, and not as a slight to my dad, but when we were younger, my parents had just decided my dad would make the money and my mom would take care of us. And so all of a sudden, and my sister went to my, my middle sister, Kirsten went to school that fall and it happened in, you know, July. So she left in August mm. So it was just me and my dad, which was hilarious because he had a 16-year-old <laughs> girl for the first time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we ate more Texas toast than I, – I won't eat Texas toast anymore. Really? Oh, yeah. He made it I, – I, he was just a fish out of water, you know, yeah. and doing the best he could. And he was like, Texas toast. But now, like, mm-mm, I can't. I can't eat it. It, it was too much. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so that was a big transformative, I mean. Was that before or after you came to faith? It was maybe in the middle is what I would say. Like, I would say I started to know Jesus my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. So still super new. I mean, the timing of it all is like, oh, man, the Lord knew. Because I went to um, a Young Life camp that summer Mm -hmm. and really, like, you know, learned about Jesus for a whole week and, you know, spent a week getting to know these girls and getting to know my young life leader. And then me my sister and my dad went to South Africa for two weeks, like on a vacation, which like that didn't happen with my dad and us, especially, like I said, he just, not that he wasn't involved, but we just didn't have, he didn't have time either. Um, and then we got back and that's when all this started to come to the light. So it was so evident that the Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, did some things to kind of set us up for that time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, You have told me before that you kind of knew. Oh yeah. But do you think like your dad knew also, but was just like afraid or turning the blind? Like did the other siblings know at what point was it like, Hey, we all need to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my dad had to have known that something was amiss or he wouldn't have just been like, yeah, we're going to an intervention counselor, you know? So, and then he, it was like, Hey, what's been going on? And then it was like, <laughs> confession time. Oh, man. So yeah, it was, it got, it, and it got way worse before it got better. And my, my mom, you know, hit rock bottom and yeah, it, mm. it was not good. But now she's, I mean, she's been sober now. So she had one relapse after like maybe a year after she had been sober. And that was, I don't know, my junior year of high school so she's been sober ever since then Mm. wow that's amazing yeah what's y'all's relationship like now me and my mom yeah it's good i mean get along well she's both my parents are totally obsessed with my children yeah (laughs) um it's funny when you have kids you become like invisible (laughs) oh yeah so yeah 
Yeah, another moment that really sticks out in my life is so that all happened with my parents. And then it came out my sophomore year of college that my dad was having an affair. And then my parents stayed together for junior, senior, so probably four or five more years and eventually split up. And yeah, lots of things happened. But my dad eventually... (laughs) He had been lying to us that he had been having an affair. Obviously, you're not Mm going to be like, hey, kids, I'm having an affair. But so on Christmas one year, it was the year that Mark and I had been married. So 2011, 2012, we were at we so we would switch off between my mom and my dad is before my sisters were married. And uh, we were at at one of his friend's house and his friend said, hey, where's his girlfriend's name? And we were all like, what? And we had just found out her name through my neighbor, actually. So we did not know her name forever and had just found out her name (laughs) through, yeah, my neighbor. And so we all knew. So that kind of opened the can of worms. Um, And I was really mad at my dad for, and we had, like, ever since my mom went to rehab, me and my dad were pretty close just because, you know, you you bond through hard times. And so we were really, really close, and I was mad. I mean, just mad. and. Just pretty much like was like, I mean, we still got along. We still talked, but I I wanted nothing. I didn't want to hear about her. I didn't, you know, I mean, it it broke my family apart. Didn't want to hear about her. Didn't want to talk about her. Didn't want her around, you know, all this stuff. And so fast forward a couple of years and it, it stayed like that. I mean, we didn't touch that subject I never met her, and I, I felt the Lord really say to me, hey, you have to forgive your dad and all of him. And I was like, yeah, we're not going to touch that, Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to hold that, so yeah. you you can back off. <laughs> and the, I just kept feeling this urging mm-hmm. of, hey, Hannah, like I forgave you for everything you did, and I didn't say except for this. And how dare you mm. stand on that promise and not forgive your dad? Yeah. Like, how dare you? So finally I was like, fine. So me and my dad had a conversation. It was not, I mean, it's so hard. My dad is very smart and wise and right. So it was hard to say like, Hey, you've done some really bad crappy stuff. And, but I want you to know, I forgive you because Jesus forgave me and I, and, and, Jesus loves you too. Mm-hmm. And he and he takes all of you and he doesn't take some of you. And I have not been fair to you in that. Mm. And so I mean, it was a good conversation. It, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we had to agree to disagree. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. there were some things that, you know, he felt totally right in and I did not feel like it was right. But my dad also is not a believer. And so it felt like Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't, I could not hold back that forgiveness. And that's not my right, you know, as a Christian, mm-hmm. like, so anyway, me and his girlfriend are now like, we get along. Yeah. And I met, I, I ended up, you know, meeting her. And so she's met my kids and we do. Yeah. Um, this is just me thinking out yeah. loud. So how long had he been having that affair? So he had been f- uh, upwards of like 15 years. So wow. it had been a yeah, I mean, I don't know how long I haven't ever asked him, but I, sure. I know it at least 10, probably more. Yeah. Did, yeah. Do you ever, did you have any indication your mom knew? Uh, yes, I knew. You already had known? I, I 
um, you suspected? I have really good intuition. So yeah. something about a child of an alcoholic is they do not trust their intuition because, and this, like this plays into the, we lied about it, mm-hmm. is you're told to not trust. So I knew my mom was drinking a lot too. And I remember telling my dad, like, I think, and he was like, that's not true. And just brush it off Mm. really quick. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I'm an idiot. And Mm. then with my dad, I just felt like something's off and something isn't right. And, but as a child of an alcoholic, you learn to tell yourself that's what's true is not true. Yeah. And that's what we did when my mom went away too. And so I just didn't trust it. I just was curious if maybe that had anything to do with her drinking. Yeah, so no, her drinking all started. Her drinking was from, my grandpa died very Mm. suddenly. Um, He got sepsis and died. Um, And then she also had an aneurysm, a brain aneurysm when I was in eighth grade. And so it was just like all this stuff that happened that she couldn't really like piece together. I think and in that, you know, like, for her aneurysm, she had big gaps that she uh, were are gone. She does not remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my grandpa dying, I think, yeah, just really, I mean, I think alcohol made sense and numbed the pain. Yeah. Um, and my family is pretty pain adverse. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they had, I mean, up until then, their relationship was really good. Uh, from from a child's perspective, sure, sure. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, interesting. But I've never asked my mom more. I could. I don't feel like she would be. You know, <coughs> like w- yeah. we're pretty open with each other now. Yeah. How do you think those experiences have shaped who you are now? Yeah, for sure. I think I have a lot more empathy for people. You know, like if you would have looked at my family growing up, you would have never thought. Even now, like <laughs> you would not think, oh, all this has happened. But yeah, I think think you say this. You're not surprised by people, but mm. yeah, and I think it does help me relate to people. You know, like oh man, because people think you've never been through anything hard, and I'm like, you have no idea, right? You know, and the forgiveness piece, like I totally get when people are like, I can't forgive that person. I mean, to a degree, but I think. At the end of the day, like, I can't take all of Jesus's forgiveness and and not be willing to not forgive my dad, you know, like, because he lied to me, too. Like, it wasn't just him and my mom, you know, like, I was there. So, yeah, I think those have really shaped that. And, I mean, anyone can make a mistake. Yeah. You know, we're not above it, no matter how much power or money or you love Jesus, you know, (laughs) like. Yeah. There are there is sin and yeah you can fall yeah real hard. I have a friend who says you're like just a few decisions away from ruining your life. Oh yeah, you know? and 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 it, like that's I mean my dad's affair started out as my mom was in rehab and my dad wanted someone to talk to, and also had like a 16 year old girl at home who was hormonal and had boyfriends and you know like yeah. <laughs> and so yeah and all, a bunch of stuff had happened that's I mean my sister developed epilepsy when my mom was gone like oh wow yeah <laughs> so I, you know there's a part of me that's like man that would be easy you know you just someone yeah. who gives you a listening ear and then one thing leads to another as they say <laughs> yeah um so yeah I mean I think I think we like to think that we would never you know we're above that yeah, but it's, and and it's you can true. never say yeah. never. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. you would like to think that, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I just appreciate hearing this story as well. Like, not only are we like bad decisions away from ruin, but it takes like, even if we don't make bad decisions, like you didn't really have a part in mm. your parents' story. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't your fault, mm-hmm. but right. like these things happen to you. And it's still, what I'm hearing you say is like, st- still Jesus requires you to have like this <laughs> radical forgiveness oh, that yeah. took a lot of courage <laughs> and like a lot of, I don't know, gumption to like give. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I think too, I like something else I think about is ripple effects. Like we think all of our decisions are just us. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they are not, you know, mm-hmm. and how much like, I, I mean, I think for me, you know, alcoholism destroys a family, even if the mm-hmm. parents don't break up. Like, yeah, there's just so much that psychologically affects kids and that person, you know, and um, yeah. Oh, so. There are communal effects to all sin. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, even if you're if you even if it's well hidden because you're not truly being yourself sure. in front of other people. Right. right. And then yeah. They don't know who you really are. That's totally yeah. true. Right. It's like uh, we we don't know what could have been, like right. how rich would life mm. have been, even mm-hmm. if even if you've just been brought down to like this level of apathy or like yeah being hidden and yeah and not well. Caring. And what does a lie do to you over time? Yeah, you know? oh sure. <laughs> like, yeah, totally disintegrates. You know. Oh yeah. And the other part of it too, I think, is um, with forgiveness. So often, I think we talk about it and we're used to the idea of, of receiving forgiveness from mm-hmm. Christ, right? And that's one side of the gospel, but the other side of the gospel is extending that same forgiveness as we've been forgiven. And I think for a lot of people, as I've done counseling and whatever, like that is the harder oh, yeah. piece of it is, oh, yeah, I'm forgiven. And Jesus, that's why he tells like two parables about it, right? <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, you've received my forgiveness, but now you demonstrate that you've received it by extending it. And that is so hard because we want justice in those moments. We want them to suffer as they've made us suffer. And it's like, yeah, you don't have the right to do that because Jesus suffered, actually. Right, yeah. 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 And I think I struggle with, like, I'm going to give you the consequence at times, you know, because the Lord's not doing this fast enough for me. That's right. (laughs) And you need a consequence. I know he said vengeance was his, but I'm going to help him out. But (laughs) you you clearly need my help, you know? And so I think that like, yeah, I got to trust that the Lord's going to take care of this and it's not for me. It's for me to give, not, and that's it. And take my hands off. Yeah. So anyway. So powerful though. Yeah. When, when, because when people who have, greatly offended sure. right? receive forgiveness and you have no reason to do so sure. you're like but i love you and i forgive you it's like whoa yeah and my sisters took totally different routes too I'm like sure. my one yeah. sister didn't talk to my dad for 10 years yeah and so you know i think i hope we've never talked about it but i hope he saw something different in that mm-hmm. you know and pondered it right. and i mean now we have like a i would say we have a better relationship because of it because I, I was willing to go there with him you know and yeah, our first year of marriage was also really hard because of that, because I didn't trust anyone. Yeah. Like my dad had an affair, my mom was an alcoholic, and those are both the two people that you're supposed to trust the most lying to you constantly. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, Mark and I got married, but I, I did not trust him, you know, and I and I wanted to control everything because both of those things were very out of my control mm-hmm. and very much so <laughs> affected massively my life, you know. So, um, yeah, I went to counseling for a long time and I think 
to like loneliness and that but it's crazy how many like if you're like I have an alcohol you know or I'm an alcohol like mm-hmm. almost every single person in the room could say me too yeah in a, in, a, in one way or another oh yeah but it's so hidden you it know is. like yeah. going to AA meetings I was yeah. like this is a church yeah like because they're so honest there's no pretense it's like right. yeah I know I'm I'm really sinful yeah and I'm just gonna lay it all out here yeah. and I loved going to AA meetings because of mm-hmm. that you know it's just refreshing yeah to see, like, I don't care. I mean, not I don't care. I mean, and some of it was sad because it was like I've given up. Yeah. And there's so much shame, you know. But yeah. Anyway. I think that's super cool. And yeah. I hope that hearing your story kind of entered into that within Missio. Oh, of like, yeah. hey, like, this is just a congregation of yeah. saint-like sinners. Oh, yeah. Saved by grace. Sure. Like, yeah. That we're, where we've done stuff and stuff has happened to us. And, yeah. And, and both and, and oh yeah and the lord is good and sovereign mm-hmm. and still is crazy about me mm-hmm. you know like and i think about just how much people change oh and yeah like how there's although like damage happens yeah and it has oh, scars yeah. mm-hmm. and some of those heal and some of those take a real long time or don't heal sure but like but, but there is hope that yeah there well, it can be repaired relationships and And sometimes like like it's okay to grieve still you know like with my parents being split up there are times where Theo's asked me questions and I mean I'll just weep and Mark's like what just happened and I'm like it really is awful to have to answer you know like he's learning about the brokenness of the world sometimes faster than other kids Mm -hmm. because he has grandparents that are very sinful i mean he has parents that are very sinful too but like that ripple effect is still happening in a four-year-old you know yeah i think sometimes we want things to be a pretty package and they're not right you know like yeah i think about that right now you know people like how are you doing i'm like i'm all right and you know there's this part of us that wants to be like but blah 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 and i'm like "I, i don't have a bow you yeah. know, <laughs> like, there are times that there's no bow and I think that's okay. And we have to get to a point where we're comfortable in that. Yeah. And that, that, I think that would be a, a dream of mine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's like the function of the church ideally is like people you don't have to have put a bow on right, for. Sure. But it's become opposite <laughs> to his yeah, yeah. extent. Totally. You know? Totally. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I think that's a shame. Oh, for sure. And yeah. The hope is that we can get back to this level of, openness and vulnerability i mean because you think about how many people when they're vulnerable with you you like respect it you know what i mean like there's no part of you that's like oh i'm not touching that yeah yeah. you know you're like i want to walk through that with you i mean to an extent yeah (laughs) totally within your the community of people that you love yeah like i absolutely trust and and love people more when they're vulnerable for sure yeah so i think he asked me what he asked me, what the Lord is teaching me right now. Uh-huh. Man, that's such a weighty question right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I don't know, grace right now, like, which just, I need grace, you need grace, mm-hmm. you listeners need grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, uh, like, I don't know, the there's truth, worldly truth, and then there's gospel truth, and I've never seen such a divide in and out of the church um, about things. But, you know, you have to continue to go back to the Lord's promises and that and that truth, you know. And I think it can be really hard when other things are shouting at you, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. But I feel like that's where I've landed. I mean, on days where I walk out of here thinking, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I can't do this anymore from stress or from 
I'm not a medical professional. Like, right. I don't know how to continue on in this era. Yeah. But being like, okay, Lord, <laughs> you saw this coming and you're not surprised by it. And so what would you have for us, you know? I think that's a theme that's coming out of these stories is mm. like mostly what people learn and we have to learn it our whole lives and more thoroughly every oh, day. Over and over, yeah. Like be gracious. Yeah. And oh, yeah. God is gracious to you. Oh like, yeah. Or God is gracious to you first. So therefore be <laughs> gracious <laughs> to others. Like, it's not a, yeah. And grace is hard for me. I, I mean, you know, me grace, too. on grace and truth side, I totally, I, I bend hard to the truth. Mm-hmm. I, I would say there's not much grace within myself, you know, yeah. But with Jesus, yeah, I find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know you're not a future-oriented person, but what does the future hold for the Mannings? What do you hope for in the next three to five years? Yeah. Uh, so Mark is currently working on doing pre-reqs to get his physician's assistant degree. Mm-hmm. So we have been working on that for a while, and that is exciting. I think... I How much school is that? It's a lot. It's well, it's two years. Okay. But Mark's degree undergrad was not anything medical, so he, or science even. So he's had to go back and get tons of sciences. And yeah. and so like I'm not a, a dreamer, like, but it, it's fun to see his goal and mm-hmm. to help him achieve that. I mean, it, it has not been easy to have a newborn and a husband in school. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a whole family deal. You know, I, we went to a counselor one time and. He just said, like, y'all are one, and everything you are, he is, and everything he is, you are. And for a long time, I didn't get that, but I totally, like, yeah, I totally get it now, you know, <laughs> like, he wouldn't be able to do that stuff without my support, and me, right. like, you know, helping him, like, rush through dinner to get on, well, now, online to do class or whatever, so that's our plan for the future. Get marked PA school. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted? We are co-workers now for yeah. the first time. Recent developments. Yeah. I feel like sometimes people see me as more serious and rigid. Really? Maybe not. No. Well, that's just... I don't know. Maybe not. Or mean. I don't know. <laughs> Are you afraid that people think you're mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or intimidating. Yeah. And and I don't know how to change that. But I uh-huh. think, like, I, maybe this is not true. Well, you've seen me, like... But I would say I'm quite goofy. Yeah. Don't take much seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. I take Jesus seriously, but... Mm-hmm. And I think that comes across a lot in the office. Yeah. But I think people wouldn't know that about. I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess on giving announcements, I'm pretty like. <laughs> well, you're, you're kind of sarcastic and you kind of inter- interject some sass. Sure. Like yeah. that's your style. Yeah. 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 But I would say there's a lot of, there's a goofy side of me that not many people see that much. They think yeah. it's like sassy and mean. Oh, mean. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't ever want to be mean, but I, I think the sassiness can come across as mean. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, unkind. Going yeah. back, when we moved to Asheville, Mark and I had a late miscarriage. Mm. And then we uh, broke up with lifelines. <laughs> broke up, mm. if you will. There was a lot of bad bad things that happened in that. And so for a while, we hated Asheville. Mm. Which is, you know, just because I was like... <laughs> everything bad has happened here. Right. Um, And so I think another reason we chose Missio is because it felt, I don't know, like a soft landing a little bit. Yeah. Um, And I think Brian preached the word truthfully, and and both Mark and I are very attracted to that. But, yeah, that was 
that was a hard beginning to Asheville. So for a year, we thought we're out of here. (laughs) And I mean, no one knew, like we didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. So we walked a lot of that journey alone, Mm. which was challenging. I think that's what makes you so good at your role, trying to connect other people into Mm. the church right now is that you experience that loneliness. Oh yeah. New to a church, new to a city. Yeah. Longing for a community, you know? And so you, because you've been in those shoes, it's really important to you that other people who are new here, oh, yeah. you know, get plugged in as quickly as possible and like find that community because you know what it's like to be on, you know, yeah. on the outside. Yeah. And hurting. Yeah. yeah. Intensely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, we knew the McKinnises before, but yeah, I remember I told Lindsay that I had miscarried and she started crying and I was like, <laughs> I said, I, I miss. Yeah, I mean, I've never had someone, yeah. you know, like feel the weight of something for you. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's why this this role was attractive to me. Yeah. To like, because I do care for everyone in the church. Like, yeah. And I don't just say that, you know, like. Yeah. Well, it's time. It's your favorite time of every podcast, what we call the lightning round. Ka-chow! So, God. I thought we were changing hot the name. Sauce, hot round. I, I, we don't have a good name. Yeah, we if don't you have, have any a hot good sauce. name. If you have a good name besides Lightning Round, send it to us. us. Email us at voxpop at mdcashville.org. No silly names. Like, we need something meaningful Mm -hmm. besides Lightning Round. But we're going with Lightning right now, all right? They are mostly silly questions. Well, true. But we don't want, like, something... Right, because I just know someone's going to email in something wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Might be I, me. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. So, Hannah, what is the worst job you've ever had besides this one? Oh, boy. Just kidding. Uh, I worked for a bug company. We will not name the name of said bug company. We won't. It rhymes with Erminet. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never get it now. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, it was, that was awful. What what made it so bad? Oh gosh, I can't, I really can't say. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think one thing is is I had to call people who are about to go to collections. Oh yeah, that's yeah. People not, don't want to hear that. Nope. Yeah, Especially and there's not no that. like yeah. goods were rendered. Yeah. But there, you can't really prove it. I mean, you, like right. you can't. Except you could be like, are there any bugs in your house? No. See, we did our job. Yeah. Now pay us. But yeah. It's a lot of guys who just, you know, didn't know what else to do. So they did Terminex. Oh, Terminex. <laughs> <laughs> the bug business. And they don't care. Like, right. and they're on a strict schedule, unlike Comcast or something. Like, it is a scheduled time. But, yeah, it was just hard. And, mm. yeah. But I will say it was probably, it was the most like Jesus-y job. I mean, I talked about Jesus all the time with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about this job? Oh, that's a, for the variety. I can kind of choose it. And I like that I'm for the most part not micromanaged. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best vacation you've ever taken and why? Oh, man. Uh, my family, we went rafting down the Grand Canyon on the Colorado River as a family. And, dude, that was... How long was that? How long of a trip was that? It was five days. Wow. Yeah. That's like a goal. It was so fun. I mean, we rafted all day. We would stop, make lunch. And, the you know, we had guides and they would help us make lunch. And then we would... 
wrapped a little bit more in camp, make the lunch in camp, no tent, nothing, just camp. So it was me, my, my family, except my oldest sister. And then my dad, a guy that went to residency or something with him and his wife. And then they had two boys that were our age. So it was super fun. Like, you know, and just an experience like, Mm -hmm. um, and then we hiked out. So we hiked the rim. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was also an experience because have you, have you hiked there? I have. Yeah. There. Yeah. The heat. It's unbelievable how much it changes between the top and the bottom well and that last half mile like i'm not kidding you we would walk for maybe 10 steps and have to stop because it was like in the heat of day yeah and it's so steep anyway yeah and we were tired because we had been rafting for 10 days so anyway it was awesome that was really fun you got any pet peeves hannah do i have any pet peeves brian oh yeah i got a list of pet peeves well what Name a couple. Mouth noises. <laughs> well, that was a good one. Keep them coming, guys. Yep. Keep them coming. Mouth noises. What else? Uh, cats. Cats. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Is that a pet peeve as much as a dislike? That's just That's a, a pet. Literal, no. That's a pet. That's a literal pet That's peeve. That's a pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> but both my kids, like, love cats Y'all so much. Get a cat. I can't. I'm super allergic. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, actually, we did think about getting an outdoor cat, but. That's yeah. neither here nor there. And something that you said is like there's a sip left. You put it back in the fridge. Oh, yeah. That's my move. Oh, my gosh. That's your move. Just finish it. So. Pray for Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Give birth. Fair. Fair. <laughs> it scared me. I was in the, not with yours. I was in the room for my kids. Woo. Favorite season. Um, winter or fall? Fall or winter? Fall is the correct answer, so good job. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there was a right or wrong. <laughs> hey, hey, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. we I've even learned a lot, even though yeah. I talk to you every day. Tune in next week for episode number two, hosted by Peter and Hannah. This has been the Vox Pop. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>